Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of 1 Peter, this incredible letter that Peter wrote to these elect exiles to comfort them with the hope of the gospel. In the last few episodes, we've been looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. We've seen this imperative to love one another that is built on the realities of the gospel, the realities of our new birth, the realities of our purification by the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. All of this, this new birth coming about through the living and abiding Word of God. So today we're going to take up verses 24 and 25 of 1 Peter chapter 1 to hear what it is that Peter says about this living and abiding Word of God. Let me pray for us and then we'll jump in. I'll read 1 Peter 1 verses 22 through 25 and then we'll focus on the last two verses. Father, we thank you once again for your Word, this living and abiding Word that will not fade, that will remain forever. As we set our minds on it even now in this study, would you direct our hearts to your Son, Jesus Christ, the true Word, that we might find rest for our souls, that we might find hope in the midst of suffering, that we might be comforted with the wonders of the gospel. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Here, Peter unpacks for us the realities of this living and abiding Word of God. He's reminding the exiles that it is living and abiding even in the midst of their exiles. That is, that its promises remain. That the the misfortune of their life and their circumstances as they face persecution, as they endure suffering, doesn't undo the word of God. It doesn't cause the promises of God to fade in any way whatsoever. Rather, it's a living word able to bring about and give life, and it's abiding. It's the abiding word of God. It remains forever. And so to back this point up, Peter, of course, turns to the Old Testament. We've already seen how what is being taught in the New Testament isn't new in the sense that it's never been taught before. It's new in the sense that it's the fulfillment of what has already been promised, already been announced in the Old Testament. We saw in our last episode dealing with 1 Peter the the similarities between what Ezekiel was saying and and his promises of the new birth and what we have here. We saw the, the reality that just like this word is living and it's by the word that they live in the elect exile, so it was the case that it was by the word of God that they were to live in the land as Moses announced in the book of Deuteronomy. That the words, these words, are their very life. And so here, Peter picks up on Isaiah chapter 40. 
In Isaiah chapter 40, he's told, Isaiah is told to announce comfort to the people of God. There's a number of Christmas hymns that come from this. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she is received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. It's over, it's done with, it's complete. Verse 3, a voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Then in verses 6 through 8, we get the next statement. And this is what Peter draws on. A voice says, cry, and what shall I cry? Peter recognizes, or Isaiah rather, recognizes here that that when he comes with this announcement and, and with the messages that he's already been given, these messages of judgment, that people are going to be obliterated, that hope is going to be lost, it seems. And so he's told to cry all this stuff. He's now being told to comfort them. And so he says, what shall I cry? And this is God's answer. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Here's what God was saying through Isaiah and to Isaiah as he comforted him with the message that he was to give comfort to the people. Yes, judgment has come. Yes, I've breathed out. And the judgment has come. And the people have been exiled. And the people have been destroyed. Like grass that fades when the the hot winds blow in off the desert. Judgment has come to devastating effect. But the word of our God will stand forever. Do you hear what's going on there? This judgment that they have faced the exile that they were facing, the the deportation to Babylon that they were facing, the, the, the harshness of everything that's being announced in the book of Isaiah. God is reminding Isaiah here, none of this undoes my word. None of this undoes my promises. I will do what I said. I will give the life that I said. I will establish my people like I said. I will give them the land like I said. The harshness of my judgment, he's telling Isaiah, does not undo the glories of my promises. We come to Peter. These people are suffering. These elect exiles sharing in in some level the experience of the the exile of their forefathers. This time, though, it doesn't necessarily seem, at least it's not explicitly stated, that it's an exile because of their sin. Nonetheless, they have been driven from their homes and are living in exile. And Peter reminds them 
that the word of God will stand forever. And so he goes back to this passage in Isaiah that's making a very similar point to, to, to establish his point. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. You will suffer in this life. You will suffer some even to the point of death in this life. But the word of the Lord remains forever. Again, we've said this so many times already, and we're just at the, the end of the first chapter of this letter. The circumstances of our life don't undermine the promises of God. The word of the Lord remains forever, period. This is why we can have confidence in the face of suffering. Because we know that his promises remain. We know that his truth remains. We know that what he has said he is going to do, he will do. And Peter equates this remaining word of God, this abiding word of God, this living word of God with the gospel, with this last statement in verse 25. And this word, this word that remains forever, this word that is living, this word that is abiding, this word that gives life, this word is the good news that was preached to you. What comfort there is in knowing as they face their exile and and as they're given all these promises of comfort in the word, that it's a word that they have. It's not a word they have to go figure out. It's a word that has already been given to them, has already been preached to them. And to you too, dear Christian, this word, this good news This gospel has been preached to you. Peter's reminding them once again that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the story of his life and death and resurrection, and through that the fulfillment of all the promises of God in the Old Testament, all the types and shadows in the Old Testament, all that that they were looking forward to, all of that has come to fruition in Jesus Christ through his life and death and resurrection. This is why we have hope. This is why we can have hope. This is why we don't despair in the face of suffering in this life. Because something better has happened, something abiding has been proclaimed to us. And through it, We are given new life in Jesus Christ. And this word has been preached to you. So look to that word. Rest in the good news of the gospel. Knowing that by the gospel, you, according to God's mercy, he has caused you to be born again to a living hope to an inheritance that is undefiled, unperishable, unfading, kept in heaven for you. This is the good news that is preached to you.
Amen. 